what gives Christmas season its ultimate value? Is it simply a birth? No matter how miraculous that birth is, would we all gather like this if it was just an amazing birth? I mean, after all, in the book of Luke chapter 2, or in the book of Luke chapter 1, just before the birth of Jesus, there is another miraculous birth, and that is the birth of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, who was born just six months before Jesus. And what you may not know is that, that in the gospel of, the Luke, of Luke, Luke spends more time, actually more words and more verses, explaining the miraculous conception of John the Baptist than he does explaining the miraculous conception of Jesus. And when John the Baptist is born, Luke writes more words about the birth of John the Baptist being born and more verses about the birth of John the Baptist, 10 verses covering John the Baptist's birth than he does the birth of Jesus, only four verses to say Jesus was born. So why don't we celebrate John the Baptist at Christmas? Is it simply because a baby was born and because it was miraculous that we celebrate Christmas? In fact, since John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus, he might have had a chance to have a birthday actually closer to December 25 than Jesus did. John the Baptist was more likely a true winter baby than Jesus was. So even our timing of Christmas would fit better with the celebration of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. But we don't sing, O come, O come, Johnny, boy. Nor do we sing with the angelic host proclaim, John was born in Beth-Hekarim. Doesn't have quite the same flow as Bethlehem, does it? In your Bibles, in the book of Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, we read this. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, they came for, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And that is the entire verses about Jesus and his birth, specifically about his birth. Luke doesn't actually spend a lot of time talking about the birth because the birth isn't why we actually celebrate Christmas. In the Gospel of Luke, the nativity story is actually an only, introduction, only an introduction to give context to what will come next. The birth story is only an introduction to give context to what will come next. It is the rest of Luke chapter 2 which helps us understand why we are actually here today and why we sing these amazing songs and why we, why we enjoy this season so much. And it comes in the form of, of three uh, revelations, three, three moments of inspiration. The first comes from the angel messengers, which we have pulled into the Christmas story, of course, but the first comes from the angel messengers and they bring to these shepherds on a hill a, a message, a revelation. And they come and they reveal several things to these messengers. First, of course, we know that they tell them that a baby has been born. And we know that they tell them where the baby has been born and how they will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But most importantly, verses 10 and 11 tell us, though, why we should care about that birth. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. What has been revealed about Jesus besides the fact that he was born and besides the fact of where they would find him, what has been revealed about Jesus, which is significant for why we are here today, is that he is good news for all people. Now, not all people will embrace that good news, and not all people do embrace that good news, but, but, but Jesus came to be good news for all people. Also, they tell us that this baby Jesus is the Messiah, and that means the chosen one, the anointed one. All throughout the Old Testament, there has been a, a, a discourse about the anointed one, the chosen one, and now he is here, the one that is appointed by God to save humanity. And the Bible tells us that the shepherds rush off to find this baby Jesus. But they've given us more insight of why they would go see Jesus. They, they didn't just go see Jesus because it was a miracle birth. And they didn't just go see Jesus because, because uh, there was all this speculation around this baby. They went to see Jesus because of what was revealed to them. The second revelation is found in Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 35. This story actually takes place eight days after Jesus was born. This is a time period that had been set within the Jewish custom and the Jewish tradition as, as to when they were take, to take their sons to the temple to be circumcised, as was their tradition. And Mary and Joseph, because they're, they're faithful and, and dedicated uh, Jewish parents, they take their boy to the temple eight days after he's been born to be circumcised. And when they enter the temple, there is a man there by the name of Simeon, and Simeon is a, is a prophet. And he sees them, and he sees this baby, and the Bible tells us that, that he is moved by the Spirit. In other words, what he's about to say is not just because it's his own thoughts, but, but in other words, he's had something revealed to him, and he's now going to share something with these people. He receives a revelation from God, and now he is going to proclaim it to others. And he says in verse 29, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. When Simeon blessed them and said, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. What does Simeon reveal here about Jesus? Again, he proclaims what the angels proclaim, that Jesus is salvation for all people. But Simeon begins to reveal some other things about Jesus. He reveals to us that there is no middle ground when it comes to Jesus. That there is, there is no, no, no standing in the middle and, and, and hoping to figure it out and get it right. People will either be for or against him. Ultimately, everyone will decide either for or against Jesus. Also, it reveals that, 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 that as we are confronted with the truth about Jesus, that the thoughts of the hearts of many will be revealed. In other words, our, our true characters, our true hearts, where our allegiance truly lies, Aligns will be exposed. And then Simeon tells Mary, the mother of Jesus, and a sword will pierce your soul too, or a sword will pierce your heart as well. 
While she didn't fully understand that at that moment, this was a foreshadowing to the mother of Jesus of the suffering that that Jesus would have to go through and the suffering that she would go through as her own heart would break, as her son would eventually die. Two revelations, and and neither of them are are ultimately about the birth, but they're, they're lining up for us why we actually are here and celebrate Jesus at Christmas. Luke finishes chapter two, which began with just four verses about the uh, birth of Jesus. He finishes chapter two with a story that takes place 12 years after Jesus's birth. When Jesus has gone to Jerusalem with his parents for the Passover, he's now a 12-year-old. He's considered a man according to the Jewish custom, and he's able to fully participate in the services within the temple. And when Jesus had gone with Jerusalem, to Jerusalem with his parents for the Passover, he, he begins to observe some things going on there at the Passover. The Passover was a very bloody event. We can sanitize it, but, but much bloodshed was taking place as, as lambs and sheep were, were being sacrificed. And as Jesus looked upon these scenes, he, he fully understood, he fully grasped who he was and what his mission was. There was a revelation that was coming to him as he was looking upon these scenes, and he saw that he was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Jesus, while there, as you read the story, we, we realize that he gets separated from his parents, and he begins to sit down in dialogue with the teachers and in the in the temple. And his parents realize he is missing and they become worried about him. And when they finally find him three days later, imagine that, Jesus is there amongst the temple leaders. And he asks them this question when they say to him, how could you do this to us? How could you walk away and wander away from us? He said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business. Some of your versions will say, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? They're synonymous. What Jesus is saying is, I know who I am. I am the son of God, and I know my mission. That mission won't fully start for another 18 years, but in this moment, Luke has laid out the trajectory of all of Jesus's life. And in three stories after the birth of Jesus, time and time and time again, he said, he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the Lamb of God. And folks, that is why we are here today. It's not because Jesus was born and it was amazing and a miracle. We do not come and celebrate because a lot of people came and visited Jesus and gave him some great gifts. We celebrate Jesus because he was born, yes, but it's what he grew into. What what he did with his life died for each one of us as our Savior. Three revelations that are the reason we celebrate Jesus at Christmas and not John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a good man. Jesus said about John the Baptist himself, there's no greater man under heaven. And yet no one needs to have a holiday for John the Baptist because John the Baptist is not our savior. You don't celebrate Jesus because of a miracle conception. You don't celebrate Jesus because there are some crazy things that happen around his birth. Ultimately, we remember Jesus at this time because he is the son of God that came into this world to die for you and to die for me and to take away our sins and to give us the hope of glory that is only found in Christ Jesus. And with his death, and even in this season, I would say that all of us must be confronted by a choice. 
Will we let Jesus, who died for us, lead our lives, or will we lead our own lives? With Jesus, as Simeon said, with Jesus we are rising, but without Jesus we are all falling. This is more than just a birth or a birth story. I was born in January on a cold and snowy day. It was a Monday. The day before my birth, the Denver Broncos had lost their very first Super Bowl to the Dallas Cowboys. When my mom showed up at the hospital, I was born in Colorado, in Loveland, Colorado. And so when my mom showed up at the hospital that day, the doctor said to her, thank you so much for waiting one day to have this child so I could see the Denver Broncos play in the Super Bowl. Even though they lost, I still am happy to see my beloved Broncos play in the Super Bowl. My dad was playing racquetball when my mom began to feel the, the first tinges of, of labor pain. And so she called the club where my dad was at, the racquet club where my dad was at. She said, Daryl, I'm going into labor. I need to get to the hospital. And my dad said, okay, I am on my way. My mom waited and waited and waited and waited. My mom's labor pains were increasing uh, and she began to become a little bit nervous and so she got my older sister and she wrapped her up and bundled her up and she went outside and she trudged through the January snow there in Colorado to a neighbor's house and she told them, I'm in labor, I have to get to the hospital, I need a ride. And the neighbor put my mom and my older sister in the car and off they went on the icy roads of Colorado there in mid-January trying to make it to the hospital they lived a bit outside of town, outside and away from the hospital, and they were trying to get there to the hospital. And when they finally got to the hospital, as, they were, as my mom was being wheeled up into the entrance, my dad came running out and he said, where have you been? My dad went to the hospital but forgot the most important person <laughs> in the whole process. You know, I think that's a kind of cool story, and, and I think I was probably a pretty cool baby. I, I think I, I, I devolved as I went along, but I think I started out really, really good. And I know a lot of people came and saw my parents, and we had a lot of visitors because a lot of folk were excited that we were born. My dad was a teacher, a professor, and so we had a lot of students that came, and we got a lot of gifts for my birth and all of these things. But, but no one is going to create a season to remember me ever. And you all have your own stories, and each baby that is born is a miracle from God and a blessing from God, and each one has a wonderful little story. But none of you and none of your children will likely have a season to remember them, nor should they. Your birth story is cool, but there's no holiday for it. And honestly, we're not here just because of a cool birth story. We're here because Jesus died for us. He died for us. Luke just sets up the entire story with the birth, and then he tells you, and this is why it matters. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the Lamb of God. But there's one other reason, actually, why many of you are here, why we are here today. It's because of an action that's been taken along the course of history. If you go back to the book of Luke, there is a sequence in every one of Luke's chapter 2 stories, after that first introduction of, of the nativity, there's a sequence that takes place. The sequence is this, that there's a, there's, a, there's a revelation about Jesus and who Jesus is. There's a response, a personal response by the individuals that hear it, and then there is an action that takes place in all of these stories. 
When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds receive a revelation about Jesus. They go and see for themselves who he is to understand who he is. And then... The Bible tells us they go and share the Christmas story with someone else. Simeon sees Jesus and he testifies of who Jesus is, the Savior. And there's another prophet there at the temple, though, a a lady by the name of Anna, a woman prophet there in the temple. And she comes over and she sees Jesus for herself. There's been a profession of who Jesus is. He's the Savior of the world. He'll, he'll, He'll be a revelation to the Gentiles and bring glory to the people of Israel. And Anna comes over and she sees Jesus for herself. She gets the revelation of who Jesus is and she looks at him. And then the Bible says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jesus. She receives a revelation. She checks out Jesus for herself. And then she spoke about Jesus to all who were preparing for redemption. And finally, Jesus himself. He goes to this Passover, and we know from his words to his mom and his earthly dad, Joseph, that he had a revelation, a a clarity about who he is. And he took upon himself, as he saw his own mission in the death of those sacrificial lambs, he looked upon himself and he realized his mission and who he was. And then what did he do? The Bible tells us after three days, They, that is Mary and Joseph, found Jesus in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him, this is heard Jesus, was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Here's what Jesus did. He had a revelation about who he was and what his mission was. And then, you know what he began to do? He went and shared that with someone else. He began to teach others. That's what it means when it said that he was asking them questions and, he was, and they were amazed by his answers. He wasn't asking them questions because he was trying to figure things out about himself. He knew the scriptures and he was trying to help open their eyes so that they would understand who he was and God's ultimate plan of salvation for them. Y'all, if you are here and you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, it is because at some point in your life, someone shared with you about who Jesus is Then you looked at him for yourself. Then you looked at him for self and you believed. And you know now what we are called to do? We should do what the shepherds did. We should do what Anna did and we should do what Jesus did. We should continue to tell the Christmas story to all those around us. Three revelations and one action that follows. You'll hear people at this time talk about how do we keep the value of Christmas in Christmas? How do we keep Jesus the main thing of Christmas? How do we keep the reason for the season still the reason for the season? If you wanna do all those things, there is just one way, and that is to look upon Jesus for yourself, fall in love with Jesus, and then share with someone else the true meaning of Christmas, that Jesus came into this world to die for me, 
to die for you and to die for all of them that are on beyond these walls. I pray that this Christmas you will first and foremost fall in love with Jesus all over again. And secondly, you will love him so much that you will help someone else to love him as well. Lord, we thank you for your blessings, for speaking to us. In your name we pray. Amen.